Welcome to Global Citizen Life. Today on the podcast, we have Professor Maurizio Rossini, Italian-born, head of marketing and communications for a French private university. He's passionate about education and blockchain technology. Recently, he's embraced a new venture as head of marketing and communication for a Web3 company based in Malaysia and operating worldwide. Professor Maurizio Rossini is facilitating a men's circle in Kuala Lumpur, co-creating a community of men willing to become more emotionally mature, developing more self-awareness and confidence in order to live the most fulfilling life as possible. Well, thank you for joining us today. What a presentation. I got goosebumps. Thank you so much. <laughs> So tell us um, a little bit about yourself and how you decided to, I guess, accept the position and move to Malaysia. Um, like, had you been there before? How did that all kind of work out for you? Uh, very interesting. So, um, okay, as you said, born and raised in Italy. But then uh, after my studies in Italy, I moved to the UK to have uh, the first degree in marketing communication. Then I moved for a year in Japan back to the UK, then I lived for a bit in States, in the West Coast mainly, and uh, then Colombia, and then back to Italy. Wow. So I wasn't, yeah, yeah, quite lucky, quite lucky. I wasn't uh, new to uh, moving. I wasn't new to uh, put myself uh, out of my comfort zone. As you know, um, relocate is always quite a challenge at times. And uh, while I was in Italy, I big chunk of my professional life I was working for uh, high-end brands, uh, luxury fashion industry. So I started in Fendi, then ended up in Prada, then in Jimmy Choo. And in that time, um, I wasn't fulfilled very much because I was financially doing very well. But I was always questioning myself, is this everything about life? I mean, yes, okay, I'm financially good, but I was working crazy hours, uh, absolutely committed fulfilling the dreams of somebody else. In that case, was a Prada, Prada family. So I started to question myself. And uh, as usual, uh, once you question yourself, the answers, they always come. Might be through a movie, through a book, through a mentor, through a YouTube channel, whatever. A long story short, uh, I was really asking the universe, you know, to go back and live abroad. Because I always felt that once I live uh, outside Italy and I experience diverse community, I speak a different language, I always felt very comfortable with it. And uh, the universe, as you ask, uh, immediately uh, you receive. So I had this opportunity to become a brand manager for a Swiss Italian brand still in fashion and to relocate in Malaysia. And uh, I never been to Malaysia before. I wasn't, yeah, never been traveling there. And uh, I had not much information about it, but I felt was the right thing to do. So I literally sold my car, the furniture of my house and everything. And I and I came to Malaysia. Wow, quite, quite a journey. And you're right. I love that. You know, you say you, we have to, when we start questioning ourselves and then we put things out there as to what what's right for me. And a little bit of that is obviously knowing me because what's right for you. Malaysia right now is great for you. It may not be great for, for somebody else, um, but it's it's knowing ourselves 
And that's part of the reason why I do this podcast is to help people realize like there's differences everywhere. There's not just one place that's great. Um, there's pros and cons to every single place. So it's great that you had that experience in so many different countries and now being in Malaysia. Wow, yeah. And let me take a chance a second and I want to really appreciate, uh, really uh, sorry, say thank you for what you're doing to give room to individuals to tell their story and, uh, and I really resonate with your mission. So thank you again for this beautiful message that you are delivering. Uh, to to people through your podcast. Uh, look, um, to reply to your uh, question, uh, you know, Sally, I think one of the things that I've been, I was able to embrace with proud of myself is uh, curiosity. Curiosity has been always my drive. And uh, due to curiosity, I've been embracing and experiencing beautiful things. And I went into even the darkest things of life, you know? So... And now at my 46, uh, you know, working a lot within myself, uh, I can see the beauty of a life's journey. Then, you know, there is no more failure. There is no more dark or light. There is no more right and wrong. It's just part of a journey. And the person which is in front of you and vice versa, the person, you, you and me, we are just the outcome of all our experiences. And what I believe that as more often we are able to get comfortable outside our comfort zone, at time is scaring, but it's doable, is there where the magic happens. And surely relocate with all the prawns, uh, I don't say prawns and cons, but with all the beautiful things and the challenges, it speeds up the process to really embrace um, the beauty that we have. So the resilience, the way that in some way, somehow we always, you know, make it happen. And um, that's why, especially to the youngster, I always suggest experience, um, live abroad, not just for the sake to live abroad, but just to find yourself in a different reality, which is not, um, it does not resonate with you. And the beginning could be a bit overwhelming, but then you will see that you're going to, you really going to love the journey. Absolutely. And I think, too, it makes us realize and and kind of question our own thoughts and beliefs. Like I've done lots of work on myself over the years and living in many different places. I realized just because I thought something, even now, just because I think a certain way or I believe certain things, it's not right and it's not wrong. It is just what has been my journey. And so I love having conversations with people who have different different thoughts, different beliefs, different, different values, um, because that's great for them. And for me, it's, it's to understand why, like, and I, I know why is because their experience, but I want like the detail of their experience or why they think a certain way, because I, I truly know and believe that if I was taken as a child from my home in Canada and raised in a completely different culture and country halfway around the world, my thoughts and beliefs and values would be completely different. So it's nice to know that why. And it's never for me to try to change someone's mind or have them change my mind. It's just an openness and understanding. And, and it's just nice to be like, oh, that makes sense. I can understand now why a certain culture does certain things, a certain country, the way that it works, which may seem to be slower or not as advanced at other countries and the reasoning behind all of that. And also a big thing is knowing that 
a lot of times the people of countries are not the same as the government of countries because those are completely separate um, things. And the media just blends it together, which I think when people travel and move to different places and spend a good amount of time, not just go on vacation, because you don't really get to know a country, but when we live somewhere, then we understand truly the people, the culture, and what it's really like. And that's what I love about moving um, to different places and speaking with different people from various countries. You said it just beautiful, really. Uh, congratulations for the awareness that you have, you know, the process. You know, um, Sally, I would like to share that um, due to the fact that, as I mentioned before, I lived in few places, uh, I've seen that there's a kind of a pattern within the community of expats. Uh, they come, let's say, from Spain or Italy, let's say, to Malaysia, to Philippines, to New York, to Toronto, and they, they bring along with them a, a lot of judgments, of comparisons, while, you know, the beauty of traveling and relocating is actually get naked emotionally about your belief, just release and letting go and see with a different perspective another reality. And then see, wow, interesting. Here are the things that do it in this way or the other way. So um, it's a beautiful journey. I mean, if you are ready to um, really to acknowledge that there is not truth, there is not one truth, there is not one right or wrong. It really depends, as you said beautifully, you were born and raised in Canadian, in Canada, as a Canadian, but then at the age of two, you were removed, moved to Naples, you would speak Italian, you would have the, the body language, you know, even though born in Canada. So um, I do believe, as I guess you, you just said it very nicely, I do believe that diversity is actually the most beautiful things that we can embrace. Whoever fight against diversity, you know, is historically we lose because that's what we're heading to. Um, and um, to go to, I just live literally five minutes away from the towers in Kuala Lumpur. I just want to spend a couple of words about how beautiful, how amazing, how gentle, how welcoming uh, is a Malaysian general and especially Kuala Lumpur. It's, um, it's a city of around with the neighborhoods about eight million people, but wow, it's, it's quite large. Yeah, absolutely hyper developed, very good quality of air. Uh, there is a bit of traffic, uh, but in, in the at the stage of my life is exactly giving me, and I'm very blessed for that. What I'm looking for a welcoming community. It's absolutely diverse. And Malaysia itself uh, is. The population is about 32 millions. We have the majority, 60% of it, the community is, uh, they call it Bumiputra, so the Malay, uh, the, the Muslim part. Then you have about 30% uh, Chinese and about 10% Indians. So think about, you have a Muslim community, so of course, praying with a different kind of accent when they speak, different beliefs, a different diet, and, and of course, different look. Then you have Chinese, so you've got Buddhist, Taoist, um, you have Christians, Catholics, and then the Indians. Each one of them, three strong cultures all together. So the diversity, the, the belief, even we have temples, we have churches, 
we have um, um, most. So it's a, such a, a beautiful city where you can live in an extreme luxury or you can, with $2, you can have a beautiful meal on the street, absolutely healthy. So you can really, uh, according to your needs, according to your even spending power, you can you can really live a super fulfilling life in the weather itself. It's beautiful, 25 to 28 degrees Celsius all year around. So you can do sports, you can play out, you can stay out. People socialize very, very easy. So I'm very blessed to be here. Very grateful. And it it sounds amazing. So that already even answers a, a few of the questions I, I was going to have about kind of that that cost of living. And so it's it's not a place that is super expensive, especially compared to North American standards, for sure. Um, what about safety? How do you feel there with, with safety? Great question, yours. I, I didn't mention that. So think I come from Italy, which is, you know, in certain areas, you know, you got to be always careful. Actually, unfortunately, in Europe in general now, uh, due to the war, this um, is, I won't say yeah. it's the greatest time for my fellow Europeans, and I really bless them. Um, I lived in Colombia, as I mentioned, I was in Medellin. So it is absolutely safe. Um, I never had a, ever had a problem, and it's there is some pickpocket here and there, but it's absolutely, um, and I'm not trying, look, just to, I'm not trying to sell you Kuala Lumpur. I'm telling you the things as, as they really are. There okay. is, even in Southeast Asia, Indonesia, Thailand, Philippines, they have the gun culture. culture. So there is a lot of shooting uh, and there is Malaysia, thanks God, there is not any kind of gun so very very rarely you hear about robberies in, in the bank or shooting around very little okay malaysia itself has never been affected by any tsunami any uh, earthquake any kind of problem you have 12 uh due to the location of it between thailand and singapore you have 10, 12 hours of sunlight and 12 hours of darkness dark oh nice it's absolutely um Absolutely uh, harmonized. Consistent. Uh, it, just, it stays that way year round. Year round. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm not a father. I don't have kids. But all my friends that they have kids, uh, they are private, private schooling, which is average pricing. You have the best teachers from usually Canadians, Americans, some Europeans, British, some Italians, and French. Um, it's very much green. There is a lot of parks. Uh, again, I'm literally living, I don't know if you know the Petronas Towers, or the two twin mm -hmm. towers. Okay, look, I can see them from my place. And there is a beautiful park, which is called K KLCC, KL Central, City Center, where I go, I work in my place, my office, and I go down, have a run and come back. It's, um, how can I say, it's like really God listen to all my prayers. Um, I live in a state of bliss, I would say, anytime I go out. Um, and, and I would like to, to share with you, Sally, and I believe and assume that you understand what I'm saying, that, you know, whatever we have within is whatever we give out. Uh, in five years, when I was um, just arrived, I was single, you know, I went to this application and I met this uh, Greek girl. And I remember she was absolutely hating Kuala Lumpur. But when I talked to her, she was very mean with anyone. Then I said, no wonder why you're not enjoying. And the very only person in five years that I found hating Kuala Lumpur was this person. 
What is the point of it? That you can be in a Fiji Islands, you can be a multi-billionaire, and you can be bored, you can be mean to people and have it the worst time of your life. You can be um, an average person with $5 in your pocket and be in, a, I don't know, in a, in a super expensive place and it could be the most happiest person. Um, I believe that whatever we give out, that, that, that's the way we mold our reality. And uh, Malaysia for me, it is a place that is facilitating a, a very deep inner work. And uh, I, I ask for mentors, I receive mentors, I go through my lessons, I embrace them, and uh, I give out a lot of love, to be honest, in different forms. And I receive a lot of love from the community. And I think that's a good point to make because truly what we do focus on, as, as you said, like if I'm going to be a negative person and I'm hating everything, I'm going to find everything that's going to irritate me more and make me more angry and just little things that if I'm happy and I'm in a great mood and things are good, even though it could be dog poop on the street, but if I'm in a bad mood, it's like, oh, of course, there's dog poop on the street. There's dog poop everywhere. But if I'm in a good mood and happy, things are going to be like, oh, careful, there's dog poop on the street. Somebody must have just forgot to pick it up or the dog got out, could have been a stray dog. And, and it's just how we perceive it, even though it's the same. And so it is it is a bit, no matter where we want to live, that we will find the positives or we will find the negatives, depending upon what we either consciously or subconsciously are looking for. Wow, you said, uh, yeah, yes, it's it's all about that, uh, Sally. And um, according to the degree of, we uh, according to the degree on uh, our capacity to surrender to certain situations, to let it go, you know, most of the time, all our frustrations, you know why they come up? Because the reality that we live in does not match what we perceive it should be. So we create a gap between our wants and what it really is. So there is no other way to just embrace and let it go. Of course, if you come from Vancouver, where the, the bureaucracy is like a, everything online, super fast, and you go on a, on a developed country, what are you expecting of? But surely, I don't want to take Vancouver, but let's say Milan, you know, the, the, the warm, the welcoming of uh, people from Milan, it's not even close a third of how people are, 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 are welcoming here. So it always comes down, um, once you relocate, what does it mean for you a good quality of life? If you are a right. person that do, don't, you, don't you think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is right. And so for you, you got to Malaysia and you're there now on a work visa. So with yeah. that, I'm assuming the, the company did up all the, the paperwork and documents and, and things like that for, for you to go there on a work visa. Yeah. Yeah. Malaysia in that sense, um, I would say that is, I won't say super friendly when it comes to a visa for foreigners, due to the fact that the economy is very small and there are 32 millions, they absolutely understandable. They tend to be very picky with the foreigners they bring in. Uh, saying that, if you are a CEO of a company, especially in oil and gas, there's a lot of Canadians, I got friends Canadians here, and Americans, British, Australians, they come for oil and gas hyperpaid, they give them all the perks, luxury cars and this and that, that's easy. But let's say if you want to come as a, 
as an individual to open a business in Malaysia, there is quite a lot of paperwork to do. There is quite a lot of paperwork to do. And uh, yeah, that's, to be honest, okay, that's the part a little bit less funny in all the mm -hmm. happy stories. <laughs> but, but it's still possible. Right. We're not we're not saying it's not possible, but it's just so people Absolutely. are aware that, you know, be prepared for some bureaucracy, be prepared for lots of paperwork. Uh, people do do it. But, you know, don't think that it's going to just be go in a few pieces of paper and and everything's going to be done. And there are there are various um, visa programs. And I, I know that uh, that they have there as well. So if somebody wants to go, it's just be aware that there are different ones, probably best to talk with a lawyer, somebody to help through the process and and have patience. And and that's really moving to every country, have patience. Uh, absolutely, dear Sally. And uh, at the moment, a, a visa, the most interesting one is called Digital Nomad. It's very mm -hmm. inexpensive, like $200 uh, US. Uh, it's one year plus one renewable. You must do work into the IT industry. You must do prove a very low, like 24,000 US dollars a year. So very doable. And then, okay, in that case, yes, it's quite easy. I would suggest uh, whoever is interested to move in here and works in IT to, uh, you can find the agents in Kuala Lumpur that will uh, facilitate the old procedure. That one is quite easy, especially for the youngster. That one is quite, that's a very good visa actually, that one at the moment. Or many of the foreigners, they, it's called MM2H, Malaysia as a second home. So buying properties. Uh, that one is another way to uh, to have the visa. It's 10 years visa renewable. Of course, more expensive in that case because you, you have to invest at least 300, 400,000 US dollars. Plus you have to have $200,000 liquidity. It's, it's a bit more complicated, the whole thing. But it's doable. But it's again, it's yeah. So everybody just needs to kind of look at their situation, where they're at, and what their goals are. And and if it's if it's more long term, maybe then that um, MM2H is makes sense for some people or for retirees or things like that. Where somebody who's younger wants to travel around a lot, yeah, looking more at that digital nomad visa. So there there's always options. Um, what about banking? Now that you're there, you're working with a, a company, have you had to open up or have you opened up a local bank account there? Yeah, okay, yeah. Once, uh, very interesting question, once you um, receive your working visa, then you are allowed to have a bank account and uh, you can convert your driving, as I did, your, your driving license. You have some perks. Uh, it's interesting, as a foreigner, just to give you an idea on how it works in Malaysia, is if a foreigner, male foreigner, uh, marry a local Malaysian, uh, the government still won't give, allow you to have a bank account, but the bank account has to be under your spouse and yourself. Okay. And in order to work, your spouse has to fill up a form allowing you to work. So it's a bit, yeah, yeah, there is this kind of, but it's, it actually, Sally, is... In all Southeast Asia, it's happening everywhere. They were way more loose. Still, Laos and Cambodia, they are quite easy. But Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines are getting more and more strict on this. Uh, it's a way for more concerned visas. Again, I don't want to discourage anyone, but I just want to be honest on that. Um, that's what is happening. And um, 
if you see the whole APAC area, so Philippines, Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, and Cambodia, the GDP since the 1980s has been steady but slowly increased. If you see vice versa in US, Canada, and Europe, is actually uh, sinking. So I've been uh, researching quite a lot in the next 100 years, within the next 100 years, the, the Southeast Asia actually is going to be one of the most safe, 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 safe and wealthy place where to live. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're definitely um, growing and on the, on the incline. Absolutely. It's, um, and, and I kind of see in a way some of those restrictions, I mean, again, cultural values, things from, you know, going back hundreds, thousands of years, it makes sense if we're going to move to a place, we need to respect those cultures and values and things. But also at the same point, I understand too, um, of wanting to not to have it so easy for people, everybody to just come because we see that happening in other countries where, yes, there's, there is a need because there's population decline in a lot of countries, but there is a need for, for foreigners and immigrants and, and smart people who know things in specific fields and stuff like that. But at the same time, we also see where there's a, a substantial number of, of people moving and there's just not, like not even housing. It's, it's a problem even in Canada that they're having, um, they're allowing so much immigration, but these, some of these people are staying in, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they don't have homes for them. So they're, they're staying in either hotels or some of them are even living on the street. I'm like, how can we be inviting people to immigrate to Canada and we don't even have a homes for them? Like, that's just not right. It's not, oh, come to Canada and sleep outside or stay in a shelter. Like that's not, that's not why people move. And so governments need to have a fine balance of what countries need, what helps them improve. But at the same point, they also need to make sure that the local community of their people, of course, need to be taken care of and afford living and homes and food and, and all of those types of things. And so it's, it's good to know for people to know what the reality is, because there's there, there's some online platforms and, and sites and stuff that are like, oh, move here, it's cheap, it's great. Oh, move here, it's cheap, it's great. It's like, yes, that's part of the truth, but not every place is rainbows and butterflies. Because I say if, there's, if it's just rainbows and butterflies, there's also unicorns. So it, it doesn't exist. Every place has some challenges and things for us to adjust to. But that's to me, is part of the reason why we're looking for a different country, why we want to move, why we want to try something. I don't want to bring Canada with me to other countries. Sure, there's bits of things because it's ingrained, but I also want to be open to how that country and culture works. You say it all, uh, dear Sally, and, um, you know, even one of the thousand reasons why I always suggest to to travel and to, to see uh, things from with different eyes is because even once you go back home, whatever you call home, um, you will be much more compassionate because you can understand. Sometimes, you know, uh, people, let's say, based in uh, Italy or whatever, you know, they start to judge immigrants. And But once you live abroad and you go and you experience, you know, what does it mean? 
even as a Northern American and European that, you know, we give for granted that our piece of paper, the passport allows us for grant for nothing to get everywhere. And once you go to the immigration in a country that, you know, it makes you feel, say, okay, I don't care if you're Italian, Canadian, French, I don't care. This is Malaysia and this is the way we do things. It humbles you a lot. And um, at the beginning it can be painful because the ego comes up and says, hey, come on, I'm Italian, I'm Canadian. But, you know, actually it helps a lot to humble yourself down and understand, you know, that uh, we are very lucky, you know, because we are human beings and then we all the same, but because of a piece of a paper, which is a passport, it, determ it determines your entire life, trust me. When I was in Colombia and I had a Colombian girlfriend, we were traveling, uh, backpacking in Asia, Fiji Islands, South Africa, and uh, just to share a short story, anytime I was getting to a new country, ah, Italian, pizza, pasta, Ferrari, Mandolino, you know, uh, Prada, and they were very nice. When was mm -hmm. Catalina time with a Colombian passport and was actually, they were very mean. Hi, you Colombian, I see. What you carrying with you? And she was very gentle, you know, she was very threatening her, you know, just be because of, of a passport. So I felt and experienced the frustration, uh, you know, due to the, the difference of, again, for a piece of paper. So that that is something that is, I will never forget for sure how lucky we are to have a passport that allows us to travel very easily and freely all around the world and explore the world. Other people, they cannot even, uh, you know, image that. Right, right. Another thing I find too is it also opens the understanding of when I go back to Canada and, you know, there's, again, there's people from all over the world who who are moving to Canada and if they're having a tough time or, or not understanding something, I'm I'm more more willing now than I was in in my younger years um, to be helpful and more patient because I know what it's like to be in a country and not speak the language. I know what it's like to have somebody trying to explain that what I need to do and I don't understand what they're saying or how it works, and I understand how frustrating it is trying to figure those things out and, and trying to do what needs to be done the way it needs to be done, but not knowing because either the language barrier and, and that's a big part of it, or just the way the steps and the process works. And, and so I, I've said for a long time, I think if everybody in the world was forced to spend a year at least one year in a country where they don't speak the language, the entire world would be a friendlier, nicer, better place because we understand more the struggles that people go through um, with having a privilege of being able to move to and live in a different country. And it's just, it's not easy. It's, it's hard. And sometimes you, unless you do it, then you understand. And I think then we have more empathy for other people who do it because we really know that sometimes it's hard. Yeah, I may ask you, Sally, where are you raised now? Can I ask you that? Yeah, so I'm so my my journey, I've moved around quite a bit. So born and raised in Canada, then I moved to Costa Rica for about four or five years, then traveled a bit, <laughs> moved to Spain for I think it's about four, 
I, I go back to Spain a lot, even now. I'm currently in the country of Montenegro, so in the Balkan region. Um, and I, you know, when I, I moved, I, I, I always move by myself, don't speak the language, don't know anybody. I, I do it like I swear the hardest way possible. Um, and I'm right now, as we speak, I'm considering um, selling my place and, and relocating to another new country where I don't know anybody. I haven't decided which country yet, but yeah, I'm looking to do it all over again. Interesting. So you're in Montenegro right now. Mm -hmm. Montenegro is beautiful. beautiful it's... About. I have mm -hmm. so many good things about it. It's absolutely beautiful. And I love it, especially because in coming from being in Spain in Barcelona, Barcelona is so busy and I love it. But I'm I have the type like I love being in the city. I love the busyness, but I love escaping the city and being in nature and being where it's a little bit quieter. So I've really enjoyed the kind of back and forth between Barcelona and um, being in Montenegro. Um, but I think, you know, I think the world economy is going to be changing soon. Um, I do like being here, but I do get bored at the same time. And so I, I'm looking for something that's maybe, I don't know, that's just a change, something different. Yeah, it's, Ooh, it's time for I, a, a new, I, think I call it a new chapter in my life. Yeah, that's exciting though. I do consider Asia. I'm I'm considering in very different places. I'm considering France, um, Malaysia, and Dubai. So wow. all very different places. Sure. And uh, yeah. well, if you can time, I mean, why don't you spend like have you been there before? Either France, Malaysia, and no, uh, I've been, spent a bit of time in France. I do, I do quite like France, um, and it's close to to Spain and Barcelona and stuff. So there's there's some of that that I have there. I've never been to Dubai, but I have a friend that lives there, and she absolutely loves it. Um, so this time, though, before I make a decision, I'm going to make sure I, I visit places. Usually, I just kind of show up and decide. Yep, I'm going to move here. Nope. And then I go back and make sure that I do it. But and I would like to go to Malaysia first. Um you know, every journey is different. But Absolutely. if you are a girl as you you know, so open and uh willing to explore, I, I mean you should explore. Everybody comes here, you know, and then they they get very surprised. Hmm. Yeah, and I haven't really spent much time in, in Asia at all through my travels. I've, I've been to India, and then my friend who actually lives in Dubai, we we did a trip, I think probably about 2018 or 19, it was before the pandemic, and we went to Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, and Kyrgyzstan, um, and that was a, a, a great um, trip. So, you know, I'm definitely open to different cultures and things like that. Um and I, I don't think my next place that I live will be forever because I, I just, I'm sure I'll move again. Wow. But you know, maybe for about five-ish years is my plan to, if I can settle for five years and then reevaluate. I'm, I'm impressed, really. And uh, if I may ask, like, you just enjoy, or you, you have your own business that you can run, or you just enjoy whatever you go. I, I've got my own business. So I, I can work, it's online. So I'm able, I've, I've designed, as I tell people, people are like, oh, you're so lucky. It's not luck, it's design. 
we design our lives and I've designed so I can be online so I can work anywhere recently. Um, I ended up going back to Canada for six months. Uh, my mom had cancer. And so luckily I could just pack up, go help out um, where my brothers, you know, they got traditional jobs. They have to be at work. They, you know, they have to be in, in places. So I was lucky that I could go back and help out and still do a bit of work and, and keep things going. And she's great now. She's all good. It's clear and all gone. So, so it's been great. And then, so I came back and kind of now back into doing, doing me and my thing again. And, and it's, and it was, you know, done by design and there's, I hate to always say pros and cons, but it's, it's a balance of there's challenges and, and there's great things, but I don't see my family all the time. I do try to go back once a year, but I get to see many beautiful places and I make many friends. But then like when I leave certain countries, I leave my friends. <laughs> I mean, we're still in contact. Thank goodness there's Zoom and there's Facebook and I love to travel and try to get back. But the the more countries I move to, the harder it is to always get back to some of the older old ones that I used to live at. Mm -hmm. But that's that's part of the journey for me. That's that's my journey. So wow, I'm uh, absolutely impressed by you, and uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, for some reason I assume that you are in, still in Canada. And okay, now that we are connected, you you know, let me know if you come to to Kuala Lumpur. I'll take you around. You and then you see. Then you're gonna make your choice. Yes, then I'll decide. And I just think like. For me, part of the problem, and, and maybe for, for some of the listeners too, is I believe like when there's a will, there's a way, right? And so if somebody wants to relocate, it may not be easy. Um, it may not be quick. Uh, and and it's it may not be cheap, right? Like those are the three things. If you want to, you know, and, and, and by that, I mean the time for your visa that it may take, depending upon what you want, the country that you're going to, are you going to sell everything and buy new? Like there's so many things to think about, but, but there's always a way. And, and I want to know people that there's to know that there's always that way. And that's why I talk to different people in different places to see what is life really like there? Because if you're not happy where we're at, we should try someplace new. But I, I know I feel like I never feel like we're stuck because somebody said to me one time, they're like, you're going to Montenegro. Like, what if you don't like it? I said, oh, well, if I don't like it, I'll just leave. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not shackled here. We're not stuck anywhere. The only thing that makes us stuck is our mindset. Now, I understand for some people with different types of jobs and family and kids and things like that, it's not as easy as it is for me, but that then it comes down to doing more research. And going on those trips and travel and, and see those destinations to, to make the right decision. Um, but if, if you're not happy wherever you're living, there's a whole world to choose from. Correct. Yeah, you know, uh, you've, you've done a, a, a massive work within yourself. And uh, for you, it's something which is very easy. You know, I'm sure you've got friends that are going to say, oh, my gosh how courageous you are, you know? So you are leading them, you know, maybe you are, for sure, you are trigger some of your close friends to say, wait a second, you know, I mean, she's doing it, uh, I can do it, you know? So, you know, unconsciously you are you are helping and people as well, you know, to, to get out of their comfort zone with your, you know, with, with your lifestyle. 
Well, and I just think too, just because we were born in a country doesn't mean we were meant to necessarily be there. When I was in high school, I remember um, it was a winter day in Canada, cold, of course. And we were outside. It must have been a break or lunch or something. I don't really recall. But I remember saying to my friends, I think I've been switched at birth. And they were like, what? Your parents aren't your parents? And I said, not literally. Like, my parents are my parents. I, I do believe that. But I said, I don't think I'm meant to live in Canada my, my entire life. Like, it was just something within me when I would have been 16-ish years old that I just that I, I knew. And so sometimes we do have to kind of reconnect with, with our inner soul and, and figure out what, what we do want. Now you don't have to go halfway around the world or, or, or far. Sometimes it's, I know people from North America that love being in Mexico or Panama, Costa Rica, all, all great places, same time zone for work. It might be better for them, um, closer for, for travel time, but um, there's there's many great places to live around the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how does your kind of average day look like in in Kuala Lumpur? Oh, um, wake up at six. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually the first things that I do when I wake up, I do some meditation. Then usually I have a decaf coffee. I go down, uh, okay, in another good amazing thing that all the building, mainly, uh, especially in the KLCC area, the buildings, they have swimming pools, sauna, tennis court, and gym. So I just get a lift. I'm living in a, a floor um, 17, go down to level seven, facing the pool. I do some workouts, then go up, uh, proper coffee, shower, and then I start my work. I work hybrid because uh, first of all, uh, being a, a French university, uh, what I'm doing, I'm developing the business in, in Southeast Asia. So if I deal with Sri Lanka, Vietnam, whatever, time-wise, it's almost the same. Uh, Sometimes I have a late call, a Zoom call, but it's okay because I have a good team back in France, which is very capable. So I delegate a lot and I have quite a good uh, free time. And um, something that I would like to share with you, really, that uh, it's a beautiful journey since one year. I'm the facilitator of the biggest men's circle in Malaysia. And uh, it's a quite a, a beautiful thing because nobody was uh, trusting in the process, but actually is coming stronger, stronger. I have 60 men in the group. And then the average, actually tomorrow, we have another session tomorrow evening. And it's a beautiful journey because that's the way that I learn how to serve the community. And... Um, I embrace the gift that I receive. So I'm quite good on gathering people, let's say leading people. And uh, I've seen that with men, they resonate with me because again, I, I went through a lot. So I can understand what's going on. Uh, I can I can perceive the pain of a man which is not able to be vulnerable, not able to open up, you know, with his friends, mates and buddies. And uh, long story short, a man's circle is a beautiful practice that we sit all of men in a circle and I basically we do a bit of grounding uh, a bit of breath work then we open up the circle we do some accountability for example what is your emotion that you carry with you right now and then uh, there's a topic usually uh, tomorrow is going to be how to embrace healthy masculinity the previous one was how to break the stigma 
about men mental health and it's a beautiful journey sally because uh, a journalist quite famous actually in malaysia uh, got to know what we are doing so interview me and i went to the newspaper then in penang which is up north in the country another gentleman told me hey maori uh, we would like to have you an open men's circle so i did and we managed to open a new men's circle so these things is getting bigger and bigger and uh, i'm building up uh, mentoring coaching only for men a one-to-one uh, the university is, su is supporting on me uh, they're gonna open some door now in some universities so it is something that i share with you because it's a beautiful journey where Again, all the struggles, all the downs, they are actually coming to place now as an amazing power of uh, helping others, you know, because I understand immediately what they're going through because I went through the same. So I support them. I support men in the journey of getting in touch with themselves in terms of emotions, to acknowledge their fears, to process their fears, understand where they come from, and to deal with them. And uh, you have no idea, the girlfriends, wives, they are so happy, so happy. And they actually mainly are the women, the partners that send the guys to the circle because they want you know, to support them in this journey. It's very oh, beautiful. Great. Really. great, and it's, it's interesting how new opportunities can arise when we're in different places that we maybe didn't think of at home um, because part of it, as you said, part of part of the journey and, and the struggles make us stronger, give us those experiences, give us more knowledge, and then we can we can help give back in various ways. I I talk to different people and they've done so many different things that they've never even thought of doing or that they could do when they're in their home country. But for some reason that whole change and move and and just seeing different things where where pockets of need are or they've gotten inspiration from their own journey to to help others so that's fantastic thank you very much and to say to just give a, a point of what you're saying that people they realize that once they are abroad you know why and i've been questioning myself many times because there's a lot of self-conditioning back to Canada, back to Italy, where you are uh, conditioned by the education, by the neighbors, you won't dare to do certain things because you are afraid of the judgment. But once you are in a different environment, you are able to get rid uh, of all the judgment and conditioning. So you let yourself go. And that's what actually happens once uh, I coach the guys, I facilitate the men's circle that why doesn't matter. We don't need to travel. We don't need to do extraordinary things. But think about your life. Once you are able to deal with your self-judgment and fears, think how much free you are. You can create so much beauty in your life without the needs of traveling, you know, or relocating or doing crazy things. That's true. It's true. It's, uh, it's all those things that are around us of what will other people say, what will they think? And we're thinking more about it than even the people around us are thinking or saying. And so we we definitely need to, to kind of get over that. But um, Maurizio, if people, some of the men listening wanted to be in touch with you, do you have some online stuff that you're doing or is your, is your circle, like your circle is in person there, but do you have online things as well? Yeah. 
Absolutely. If they reach out to me on uh, my IG or Facebook or LinkedIn, uh, I we do I do actually uh, men's circle or one-to-one -one coaching online as well. And I suggest always uh, to give to give a try because especially men, you know, it's very difficult for them to accept that they have a problem to open up. But once they join, they are they they get committed because they understand it's like going to the gym. Instead of training your bicep, you know, you train your heart your mind and you know to to get aligned so absolutely i will be more than happy to connect with people from all over the world and uh, try to do my best to support them perfect and we'll put some links to that in the show notes below and i just wanted to say thank you very much for your time and your information about malaysia and obviously your joy of of living there and uh, I'm sure the listeners got some valuable information and, and perhaps um, inspired them to, to take that leap abroad, whether it's Malaysia or, or somewhere else. So thank you again for your time. Thank you very much. I really enjoy the podcast.